You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. My name is Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani. It's actually Cheryl Christine Ellsworth-Jahani, but that's kind of long, right? And uh, Tony Lynn Collins. We are two Texas licensed attorneys, and we are here on IR Lone Star 104.5 and 106.1 every Tuesday from 12 to 1 as a public service to our listeners to uh, answer your legal questions. We talk about various legal topics, and we just want to help you. Uh, we know that we've met a lot of you and, and have been told that uh, you really appreciate the good information and the free information, and that's what we're here for. We want to help you, guide you, ease your fears, tell you that you probably always have some sort of an, uh, a remedy for whatever situation that you're in. And even if you feel like you've hit a wall and there's nothing else you can do in your legal situation, there probably is. And, uh, you know, we're sensitive to uh, how expensive attorneys are. And so we just decided to do this to uh, give you some free legal advice. And that's all it is. It's advice. You know, this is a disclaimer. It's not meant to apply you know, specifically and personally to your situation. Uh, it's not a contract or anything like that. We just want to kind of let you know the state of laws and what various situations are and how you um, might be affected by that. And so anyway, we're here for you. You can message us. You can watch us live on Facebook. We're live right now on Facebook. Hi, guys. And you can uh, message us on Facebook Messenger, and we will get to your questions if time permits. So last week, we were talking about the writ of habeas corpus. And, you know, I want to say before I get started, you can, the next day after the show, we're on every Tuesday, you can on Wednesday, log on to IRLoneStar.com and you can download iTunes or Google Play and you can listen to our podcast. So if you want to listen to what we talked about last week, that was our first part of habeas corpus. And uh, so this week, we just want to conclude that topic and uh, talk about uh, post-conviction remedies of habeas corpus. So um, today, habeas corpus is mainly used as a post-conviction remedy. Last week, if you'll remember, we talked about habeas corpus, the definitions of it, but also that Bill Clinton and Barack Obama signed a couple of things that uh, caused habeas corpus to lose its teeth, and, and it's not... Um, it doesn't have the strength that it used to, but basically habeas corpus, just for a brief intro, means deliver the body. And um, one of the most famous instances of that was uh, back in Civil War times when Abraham Lincoln was the president, and some people were heading in his direction that were uh, supposedly rebels and heading in his direction. So they started getting arrested without being charged with anything. And um, Lincoln said, no, that's okay. You can hold them. And um, so they had to, I believe it was go to the Supreme Court to get those people out of jail because they had been wrongfully detained. And that's, as you know, not what America is supposed to be all about. Um, the problem is, is that those things occur in times of civil unrest where people start fighting and, 
and all sorts of things. And so, you know, law enforcement, they just grab them and throw them in jail to, you know, uh, pre prevent the civil unrest. Still, that's a violation of our constitutional rights as Americans. <clears throat> the writ of habeas corpus is meant to get you out of jail if you're being there uh, and unlawfully detained. Today, it's mainly used as a post-conviction remedy for state or federal prisoners who challenged the legality of the application of federal laws that were used in the judicial proceedings that resulted in their detention. So it's not on the merits. It's just whether your detention, the judicial proceedings, were um, appropriate and according to our, our procedural laws. Um, and other uses of habeas corpus include immigration and deportation. We talked about that last week. But... Um, Today, we're going to talk about post-conviction. Before we do that, I just want to go briefly through how the process of the writ, okay? A petition for habeas, the writ of habeas corpus is filed on behalf of a person that's in custody, a concept that has been expanded so much that it's no longer restricted to actual physical custody. Yes. Right? In jail or detention or prison, the writ acts upon the custodian, not the prisoner. So, upon the court... Uh, not the prisoner. So the issue under the jurisdictional statute is whether the custodian is within the district court's jurisdiction. And if it's unlawful detention, then I guess they wouldn't be. That's false imprisonment or yes. false arrest. Yes. Right? Traditionally, the proceeding could not be used to secure an adjudication of a question, which if determined in the petitioner's favor would not result in his immediate release. But now the courts abandoned that in an emphasis upon the statutory language. That's our statutes, our, our written down laws, language directing the habeas court to dispose of the matter as law and justice require. So that leads to post-conviction. Now they're out of custody. Mm -hmm. I was wrongfully detained. I was wrongfully convicted. And that's really what we want to talk about today, right, Tony, is yes. that yes. Uh, how to deal with a wrongful conviction or... I mean, this applies to a, a wrongful plea of guilty, too, right? Well, it applies to uh, all, I guess, injustice. If you, uh, to the extent that you didn't do what you're accused of doing and you've, you've now got a conviction on your record. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to think of the gambit of places that applies. Uh, it applies to uh, my, my immigrants, my, my guys that are in, in ice holes. Uh, a lot of times that they're... they're uh, they, they plea just to get out. They plea because they've been incarcerated. They have an ice hold. And, and if people don't know what an ice hold is, it's an immigration and customs enforcement um, hold because you're, they're not here legally. Or maybe they are here legally uh, on a visa or what have you, but, they, but for some reason ICE has detained them. I have a lot of people that have been picked up by ICE that, that are here legally. ICE just picks them up and throws them in the clink. Really? <laughs> yes, it's true. And my clients call and they're like, you won't believe this. Because, uh, you know, recently in the news they've had uh, that, that uh, President Trump was going to go to certain cities, like about 10 different cities, that's what I saw, and have what uh, basically amounts to an ice ray. He was right. going to go in and pick up people. Right. That, uh, it, it was going to be limited to people that had already had a deportation order that shouldn't be here. I don't even know how ICE knows where these people are yeah. if they've already got a deportation order because they've come back and they shouldn't be here. But somehow they know, and uh, they're going to be deported. But I had a guy that was um, his, uh, I'd represented another family member who um, 
it was a, a situation where his son was accidentally killed during, and it, because his, his son was a member of a gang, and he was killed by his father. It was really sad because the father was protecting the rest of the family. And it, they kind of in the crossfire, this kid that kind of started it um, got killed. And so I represented him, and we, I was able to get him exonerated. And, and by in doing so, I You meant, represented the dad? I represented the dad that accidentally killed his son. It was oh. really, really sad. Um, yeah, you but, told me about that case. But, Terrible. you know, uh, ultimately, um, you know, uh, he... I guess he only has, he has to answer to God. I mean, it was an accident. His son died. What happened, happened. But but the, the bottom line is that I met the family, okay? And so half the, like, as in many of the situations where you have illegal um, aliens here, uh, part of the family is here legally. Right. And part of the family's not. Right. <laughs> You've got a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened in this family. You had a lot of family members. The majority were here legally, but some of them were happened to be born in Mexico. Right. And, but the other ones that were, either their family was here or for whatever reason, they, they weren't uh, citizens. And so, but this particular uncle was a citizen and they, I guess one of his um, ex-wives or girlfriends or something got mad at him and turned him in. And I came to the house one morning, literally knocked on his door and said, you're coming with us. What do you do when the police come to your door and they you, say you're, you go with them? You go with them. Right. But he was in ICE for quite a while. He had to get a bond and then prove that he was a citizen. And it was totally unjust. That's not exactly what we're talking about today. You don't need a writ of habeas corpus. Well, you sort of do because it was improper. But we just had to show the the um, immigration court that he was a citizen and he was he was released. A uh, writ of habeas corpus, though, is when um, you have a conviction on your record and it may be that you were manipulated or sort of coerced into pleading guilty uh, because you didn't want to be in ICE for a long time and you thought this was your way out. You'd prefer to be in your home country or whatever it may be. And most people that plead guilty um, that are have ICE holds, um, they learn quickly that they don't want to go back to their home country. They actually enjoy America. Mm-hmm. And so then they come to us and they're like, how do I, what do I do to get my visa back? And what do I do to get my, uh, so that I can stay in America? Okay. It's, it's, you know, I'm kind of getting to, going down an immigration track here because that's what I'm really thinking about today. That's most of my clients that that want their convictions reversed have that situation. Um, there's a number of them that uh, had bad trials. They got a bad rap. Their attorneys didn't represent them properly. Uh, they didn't call witnesses. They had a court appointed that really just didn't care or was too busy or didn't believe them or didn't like them. I don't know what the case is, but I have a, a several clients who were improperly convicted at a bench trial uh, for whatever reason, and they need to get their, that conviction reversed so that they can live without a felony on the record. So um, I, I get, uh, uh, my clients will come to me and they'll say, hey, my, my record's not clean. What do I do? And they have, uh, I have to first hear them out and find out what the situation is. Right. A lot of times it might just be a non-disclosure. It may be their only option as a non-disclosure because they can't get an expunction. And a um, non-disclosure for our listeners is when that conviction is not disclosed to the public. Right. At, but it can be discovered by police authorities and, and right. things like that. Right. In fact, I had a little printout on... Um, that says it much better than I can say what it is. But but just, wait, you don't like the way I just said it, Tony? I do, but I think these these scholars write it better than we say it. <laughs> okay. And um, uh, I don't want to get off too much of the beaten track of the writ of habeas corpus because it's so important to get that. That is one of your options to clean your record 
uh, of a felony short of getting a pardon or, or, or a clemency from the, from the government. Um, the easier ones to get and the much more common ones are non-disclosures and expunctions. Right. Okay? Rid of habeas corpus is like your last chance. Yeah. You've, you've, you've exhausted all of your, uh, your, your rights uh, of appeal, and they have not gone in your favor. And is the, the writ of habeas corpus what you do after you've applied for a pardon with the governor? Um, well, you, yeah, if you can, you can go that direction, too. I, I don't know that the governor, that's usually not even something that you consider to go to the governor and ask for a pardon or go to the president and ask right. for a, a pardon or clemency or whatever, because you're probably not going to get it unless you're Kim Kardashian's buddy or... Or um, unless you're a Democrat and Bill Clinton is on his way out and doesn't want to leave the White House, yes. so he starts signing all yes. those pardons. Or, or like in the case of a lot of the Republicans in this situation with uh, President Trump where they were improperly convicted mm-hmm. uh, because it was, you know, it, it was all political. They threw him in jail for a while or they, 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 they pled because... It was a deal that they made, but the truth of the matter was it was going to ruin their life if they didn't. That's what happens in real life, too. That's so true. But in that case, I know that uh, President Trump was considering and may have pardoned or given clemency to some of his uh, colleagues that helped him because that was just... they were, it was just the Democrats trying to railroad him out of right. office. You know, they were trying to get these people so they would turn on him. But that's a different thing. That's a very high up politically. Um, expunctions and non-disclosures. Okay, so what I was going to say really quickly about that before we get into the red is um, uh, what is the difference between expunction and non-disclosure? Uh, both procedures are used to clean up adult criminal history records, which can impact job searches, professional licenses, and credit scores. And um, that's pretty much what the writ's going to do, too, if you've already done your time and you're out. Uh, but the writ is just it's your last-ditch chance because you don't qualify for an expunction. You don't qualify for non-disclosure. Because you've already done your time. Um, you, well, you could do your, uh, even if you've done your time, though, really, it, uh, it, it's, uh, the writ is a different thing. The writ's just going to clean your record. And you could get a writ to go back and get a redo on your punishment or on the guilt innocence. The writ is just, it's a, it's a, a not, it's not used often, but it is, an, it, just like you said at the beginning of the show, it's an, you don't want to give up. It's your ability to go forward and, and clean your record of something, usually when you get a writ, something that's pretty bad, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, if you want to get an expunction, which I just happen to be working on one right now, and, um, you know, at this day and age of, of electronics and e-filing and stuff, it's, it's, I thought it was going to be a little bit easier than it had been in the past where you've got to, it's got to be routed through all these agencies to get this thing off your record. I know. And it ends up that it's not as easy as I thought. They, no. It, it, it's faster, but mm-hmm. they put a lot more burden on the attorney getting it to get the signatures right. and what have you. And you get the results very quickly, too, very quickly. because it's not But the attorney, it should, I should have charged more because it's a lot more work than I expected. I agree. <laughs> How much would you charge for something like that? Um you know, it's it's all relative. It's always it just depends. If it was right after a trial, it's mm-hmm. free, and it, it the I believe the court does it for you, and there's almost no work involved because if you're exonerated at trial, then um, then you ask the court to expunge the record, and they pretty much do it right away. I did one after a trial where my client was found not guilty. Uh-huh. And it was just as much work. The, really? Yeah. But within 30 days, the court will grant it. But then I still had to do all really? that work. Oh, I didn't know. And, and I made the mistake of telling, well, you know, I felt like I'd charged the guy 
uh, plenty of money already. Uh-huh. And so I said, I'll just do this for nothing. And Uh-oh. then I'm working on it, working oh, on no, it, working no, on it. It is a lot of work. Because, yeah. But people can do it on their own, too, if you go read the websites to do it. It's just tedious, and the clerks get frustrated if you don't know, especially if you're not an attorney, right. how to kind of maneuver around the system. Um, it looked like Dick was telling us that we've got to take a break. So... Okay. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about the difference between non-disclosures and expunctions and then get to the writ of habeas corpus. We will be right back after the break. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary located in Grand Central Park by appointment only is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936-539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today uh, continuing the discussion from last week on the writ of habeas corpus, and we were just about to talk about two other options, a nondisclosure and expunction, and that's how to get your record uh, clean. clean. Because it's real, just like we were saying, it's really difficult to get professional licenses and get an apartment. Uh, when people are, are bringing, they're looking at your history, which is all over the place now with the Internet, you can pretty much find anything. In fact, even with an expunction, it doesn't... I, I don't know that these things really work anymore because of the Internet. Well, they do because when um, when employers or people are actually... Uh, uh, private investigators are looking for people's record, you can Google something, but you can't rely on a particular website for something to come up. But if they're looking at the actual place where it would be housed, then um, in the clerk's record or, you know, a police records or whatever, it will be expunged or non-disclosed, okay? So... In Texas, expunction can be permanent. Expunction can permanently remove entries from adult criminal history record, but it's very limited. 
non-disclosure or sealing of records hide certain offenses from the public disclosure, but they are still visible to the criminal justice agencies, licensing agencies, and certain government entities. Eligibility depends on the type of offense and the type of community supervision. Um, Texas has two types of community supervision, deferred adjudication and regular community supervision. Offenses ending conviction or regular community supervision are never eligible for expunction or non-disclosure. And I say that because a lot of people say, hey, I got it deferred. I'm dismissed. I'm going to get it expunged now. Not so fast. If you do community supervision at all, whether it be on a deferred or a probation, you can't get it expunged. And um, But you can get it non-disclosed. But the, that particular agency can still see it in any agencies that we, like if you want to be a teacher, can still see it too. So they're very, very different. But those are the easier tracks to getting your records sort of cleaned up. It doesn't remove it. Expunction removes it completely if you qualify for it. It's the best one. Right. Um, Non-disclosure doesn't remove it completely, but it kind of keeps it off the record from the general public. Right. Um, I have a lot of people, to be honest with you, after I go to a trial and they have one, they like it to be on the record to show that a jury found them innocent. And hmm. they just keep it on there because hmm. it, you can still show on your record that um, that you don't have a, a felony, you don't have a conviction. Right. Um, I have one guy that actually wanted to frame his mugshot and his not guilty hmm. uh, and, and put it in his gun shop. He thought that was really fun and because, you know, that was his badge of honor showing that he'd gone well, through this. that's a big deal. And yeah. fought it, yeah, mm -hmm. to fight and win. And I tell right. this to my, my civil clients and my criminal clients that when – for justice, you can't give up, and that kind of went toward my, you know, briefly what my reading was today. Um, just it was part of the psalm. You know, King David wrote all those psalms, mm -hmm. and um, such a wise man. But he also got in trouble, and uh, uh, he did some bad things, and uh, but he got forgiveness. And here, uh, just like with our with our justice system, sometimes you do bad things and you can't get complete forgiveness. That's the non-disclosure. That's, uh, you know, expunction would be like a complete forgiveness. But the, the right. psalm uh, basically was, uh, um, I, I jumped ahead. This, this one was the one I really liked. It, uh, it basically says that he who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. And he who walks blamelessly and does justice and who thinks the truth is in his heart and slanders not with his tongue will have justice in the presence of the Lord. The bottom line is if you live a good life and you try to live right and you treat people the way you want to be treated, you're going to have a much more peaceful life. Even when you've been wronged, yeah. you can forgive your your enemy or forgive those people and go forward seeking justice. You're going to have a much more peaceful life because you're not harboring all that ill will in your heart. You can go forward knowing that I'm doing the right thing to clean my record. And God knows what's going on. Yeah. But that's and I love the word justice. I love that it uses the word justice because yes. that's what we're talking about. Yes, and God's right. law. That, that's I think the whole reason for our being is is basically if we can learn to be just, to when if we can avoid doing bad things, and then when we do the, do bad things, that we we I guess we ask for forgiveness basically from God or even from society and move forward. That's a lot of the stuff. I really like what President Trump is doing right now. He. He is uh, doing a lot of prison reform where people can get out. And, oh, that's great. And, and moving forward, be able to get jobs. He's doing so much for us right now that it's it's incredible that he doesn't get the the recognition that he should, but much more so than the other presidents. That I mean, Absolutely. maybe Reagan did a little bit too, but but really, this is so he's so quietly making it better for people that may have made a bad decision or gotten a bad rap and going forward. Or we're at the wrong place at the wrong time or we're wrongfully convicted. I have a client right now who just who was in a car with a drug dealer and he is sitting rotting away because 
Harris County can't get to his case. And he said, I have a clean record. I shouldn't be here. I happened to go to go get some free beer with my friend who was doing a drug job, which is terrible. And the friend is now trying to get him to take the rap. He's a long rap sheet. I'm like, be careful about who you hang out with. Yeah. Because who you hang out with defines who you are. This guy is now sitting here trying to get back to his family. And he didn't do anything wrong. Did he know there was going to be a drug drop? He asserts to me that he right. did not. And the records support that he did not know. It was in the trunk. He didn't know anything like that. But on the other hand, he knew that this guy was a shady guy, even though he was friends with his wife. He shouldn't have gone. He should not be hanging around with people that that he knows are shady. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't get into a car with somebody that's got any bad record because you're going to be... You never know what's going to happen. You're going to be implicated. Right. And then you call us and they're, you know, all kind of... It's it's going to cost you because we can't be pulling our lives down with yours. We have enough problems. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, will a deferred adjudication stay on my record? Yes, um, it it will stay on your record, but you can get it non-disclosed. Uh, uh, at the end, a deferred, adjudic- a deferred adjudication, community supervision, the court will dismiss the charges without a conviction. However, the offense and the sentence are deferred that are deferred, stay on your record and can show up in a public and private background search. Mm-hmm. And you just don't want a lot of these things. If you've been accused of something you did deferred on, um, it, sh- uh, a lot of, it will show in the deferred that you pled guilty, but your sentence were deferred and it was dismissed. Mm-hmm. That's still pretty bad if somebody's looking at what you've been accused yeah. of. Yeah. So the bottom line is always fight. Don't even settle for a deferred unless that's really much your last chance, right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, so the difference between an expunction and non-disclosure, was I clear on that at the, all? Well, the expunction, yeah, the non-disclosure, yeah. It's uh, hidden from the public eye, but it's available to uh, law enforcement, the, some government agencies, things like that. And the expunction is when it's it's actually removed, but I believe the only entity that can view an expunction is the one who granted it, really. So, like, what, the DA's office or something? They have access to that. Well, I mean, um, I would just think it through because I just did an expunction, and my guy was just, like, you know, chomping at the bit to get this off of his record. Mm-hmm. He doesn't live in Texas anymore, and this, mm-hmm. this, um, this uh, he, he, he was no-billed because he was not... Um, uh, it was a long story, but he was no build on this, and he shouldn't have this on his record. And um, there's a waiting period a lot of times. Uh, in fact, not a lot of times. There all is, the time, right. there's a waiting period. Unless, unless you, you are found not guilty at by trial. Jury. Right. And I think the, the the laws changed a little bit on that waiting period because I know that his wasn't quite up, but he was no build, and there wasn't any evidence against it. But if in, in Harris County, and it may be the same in Montgomery, Fort Bend, Waller, you know, the surrounding counties, if you contact... Um, the DA, and it's called, um, I think the, the, the email is on their website, but basically you contact the expunction section, and it's called DA at expunction.com or, uh, you know, or, or at Harris County, whatever, uh, DA expunction at hcdistrictclerk.net, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. And you basically give them the, the record, and you ask them, is this, because you don't want to, you don't, you want to have a lot of deference to this group, right? Right. Because it, you get more bees with, uh, is it more bees with honey? Uh, more flies with sugar uh, than vinegar. Yeah. Whatever bees it is. Be- with. Same thing as if you're Bees in- make honey. So bees with flowers. Yeah, whatever it is, you want to be nice right. to that, the people that you want to get something from. That's right? right. And the same thing goes if you show up in court and even though you may not be guilty. And I had a client just last week who was, he was being uppity because he thought the clerk was like, not respecting him properly, and he was only like 21, and he was slouching in the in the the the. 
there because I wasn't even supposed to be there for the case. They called me because I was one of his attorneys. He had four charges against him because he kept fooling around with all these different girls that were friends, and so they all turned him in for fraudulent, you know, it was fraud. They should never, they said that he assaulted them and he didn't. They were just mad because he was cheating on all of them with the other friends. Oh, gosh. And so I'm like, you have a bunch of charges against you. You better start being nice to these girls and cut this stuff out, you know? Right. And so, um, but he was not behaving. I went in there and I told him, I said, you need to pull your pants up. You need to be polite. You need to smile. You need to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I said, because that clerk knows the judge. And I said, you don't think this is reflecting on you? Right. You think you're going to get anywhere? They're going to keep you here. Every time you do anything wrong, and you wouldn't have to do anything wrong, they say you did. I said, you start being nice to people. The, if you want things to go smoothly, mm-hmm. you better behave around, just like with a police officer, the people that have some control. That's Parents, right. Teachers, and that goes with uh, getting an expunction, yes, too. I don't know why, what their parent, what his mom is really nice, but why didn't she teach him this? Well, he's spoiled, I guess. Uh, he's just, I guess so. But his mom seems to be pretty strict, but here and there. Um, I told him that he had to start behaving. The same thing goes for the expunction. Before you go forward and you petition for a writ of expunction, you contact the authority, which is the clerk's office, who has control over it, and you ask them if they agree. Is he? Does he qualify? Does she qualify for this expunction order? And you give them all the information, and they are really nice about looking it up. No, he's going to have to wait a little bit longer. Yes, we'll agree to it. Once you get that stamp of approval in an email that they agree to it, your life has just become immensely more simple. And so um, you go ahead and you file all the, the proper paperwork. And it's not easy, Mm-mm. but there's certain forms you have to use. You file it. You file the petition. You have to pay the fine. You have to set up everybody that you want to uh, be noticed and served that needs to take it off of the records. You file it, and then you wait for them to set a hearing. And if they agree, if they still agree and you're still emailing these people all the time, then you go forward and the, the hearing is set, but they'll pass on the hearing. Mm-hmm. Then, just like today, they said, okay, we agree. This is good. We were served. Everything's done. We're ready to go. But um, we need now for you to uh, complete the order in the form that we like, not the one that you sent us, and have it. you need to formally have it signed off on by all these agencies. Mm-hmm. And when, when it's all signed off on, send it back to us, and we'll get it expunged. It takes about six months to get it off your record. And it, it won't get it off the entire Internet, but it gets it off the record of the, you know, the county attorney, the DPS, our Department of Public Safety, you know, FBI, the different agencies. So, but you're jumping through hoops. And, 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 and what I'm getting at is, had I not, or had, if an attorney does not work with that agency, with authority, right. to make sure it goes smoothly, it will not go smoothly. Right. Okay. <laughs> and so, so uh, that's why it, it, it's a little, it, people can do it. Um, uh, an individual can do it and save some money. You still have to pay the filing fee, but it's hard to get it done right. And but I have a lot of really smart clients. I think they could move it right on through and get it done. Mm-hmm. Right? Non-disclosure is the exact same way. Um, you, but you're now you're you're asking the DA. You're asking about a particular case. And uh, there's two different methods of non-disclosure: um, automatic non-disclosure for first-time misdemeanors. Automatic non-disclosure applies only to a first-time misdemeanor other than traffic fines, regardless of the level. And that that uh, is, in effect, uh, as of September 1st, 2015. So it was after, it was probably, I'm not sure when you graduated from law school, but it was way after I graduated from law school. So that... And this is uh, in Texas here? It's in Texas. Okay. Uh-huh. So um, occur, any um, any uh, first-time misdemeanor after September 1st, 2015. So if you have an older one, um, the law you have to go with the law at that time. Uh, and also that resulted in a deferred adjudication ending 
in a discharge or dismissal. In other words, you complied with the provisions of your deferred adjudication. You're not going to get a non-disclosure if you didn't pay your fines, if you uh, didn't uh, do your community supervision. They may extend it for you a few times because they're really nice about that because mm -hmm. they want it off your record. But but don't be thinking, I went in there and I got my deferred. Because I have a lot of people, a lot of clients that do this. And they just let the ball drop. They don't get their GED. They don't comply with the terms. They don't do their random drug or your analysis. And then they want to get this thing dismissed, and it doesn't work that way. No. They have to get it extended, and they have to behave because they're doing you a favor. Maybe you didn't do it, and you just took the deferred, but you got you didn't have to go to trial. That's the bottom line to get this thing off of your record, all right? So if you meet all the legal requirements at the end of the period of the deferred, the judge must order the non-disclosure of a first-time non-disclosure. Um, you don't have to file anything, and there's no waiting period. Oh, that's great. Isn't that just yeah. wonderful? But that's only for the first time. And I have a, right. Most of my clients are not that clean. I wish mm -hmm. they were. Um, uh, Station mm -hmm. Manager Dick is saying we're that we need to take a little break. Uh -huh. And when we come back, we will talk about post-conviction and how to get those uh, off your record through the writ of habeas corpus. We'll be right back. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive, and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936-441. 8778. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. We are talking about uh, how to get your record cleaned up, basically. Mm -hmm. Now, you have something else about the non-disclosure? Yes, I was just really, um, uh, I, you know, surprised about the, non the automatic non-disclosure for first offenses. It looks like the DA has to do all the work. There's no waiting period. Um, so take advantage of that. Don't leave it on your record no if, kidding. Uh, for the first time. But my clients... For whatever reason, I don't have a lot of first-timers. <laughs> so, um, non-disclosure with petition. A petition is required for all eligible offenses and for misdemeanors that don't qualify for the automatic order. The minimum waiting period for the filing runs from the date of the dismissal of the discharge. And so that's what I was saying. There's a waiting period a lot of times to get this non-disclosure or the expunction. Right. And the waiting period has to do with um, the DA being able to go back and refile. That was why you have to have the waiting period. 
Um, uh, and that the waiting period applies for misdemeanors under the Texas Penal Code. It's two years for almost all misdemeanors. I mean, mm. there's not there's not really an exception to that. It's just going to be a two year period from the time that your you, the dismissal takes effect, whether it's through a deferred or you went in and you worked something out with a pretrial intervention or, or whatever, right? Right. Um, most felonies are five years. Uh, that's for your non-disclosure for the petition and everything else. There's no waiting period. So, but you have to look it up. So you might want to call us or email us if you have any questions about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, so um, how do I? How do you file a petition for non-disclosure? Um, the clerk will notify the state who has 45 days from the notification to request a hearing. If you meet all the requirements, the judge will grant an order of non-disclosure. So um, we're getting kind of into the nitty-gritty of that. And, you know, I've done a bunch of non-disclosures and a bunch of expunctions. And, again, it's just a matter of filing stuff the right way and what have you. Um, the uh, But what I really wanted to get to... Um, to the writ of habeas corpus, you know, the expunctions are very, very important. They clean your record. Do, do that if you can. Um, it, your reputation and your record is everything. It, it, it is your integrity is, I, I'm sure you have lots of axioms and things that are said about how important your reputation is. Right. Um, if you want to uh, uh, marry the girl of your dreams, not you, of course, we're not even right. but, but uh, I have some clients that, uh, you know, they did some dumb things. They were drinking and driving and partied wild when they were younger. And now they've met this most wonderful girl. And the parents are like, you do not qualify for my beloved Rachel or Leah. Right. And you're going to have to wait seven years before you marry them. Just mm-hmm. like, who married Rachel Jacob. and Leah? Jacob. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then he still got duped. He had to marry the... The, the he less got Leah attractive first. Leah. He got the older one. Yeah, he got first. the elder one. Then, then he married. But he was Rachel. in love with Rachel. And the rest is history. With you know, on down the pike there. But um, the uh, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about Rachel and Leah. Um, uh, your name is important. And very very important. The integrity so you of your record. Thank you. Your record. Um, now, uh, writ of habeas corpus. Uh, there, it is a constitutional protection. It is one of the last ditch uh, uh, things that, after you have. You have no, you no longer have any other options than you can go for the writ. A lot of people want the writ after they've been released from prison. A lot of people go for the writ while they're still in prison. But primarily people that are still in prison are looking to get the writ to get out. Right. Okay? But a lot of people that have been, um, that have pled guilty to, did a deferred, just a deferred, and they've gotten a dismissal. In the eyes of the federal government, a deferred for immigration purposes is a guilty. Right. They've got to get that off the record if they want to get their citizenship, and that's huge right now. So they're coming to me and to you asking for us to do a writ to clean the record. Not, and they can't have any drug-related. So many people have a little bit of drugs on them, whether it be marijuana or as pathetic what as... What a DWI? What about a DWI? DWIs, particularly in Montgomery County, are still bad. They are the death nail. You can't have a DWI. It used to be that they'd, they'd cut you loose, but not these days. Yeah. They're really hard on everybody, and particularly in DWIs. And you get the ice holes, you get a DWI, and you get raked over the coals for it because you're not supposed to be putting something into your system and driving that endangers citizens. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you read about it in the paper all the time where somebody accidentally runs into the body, all of these, um, you know, intoxication manslaughters. Of course they don't mean to hurt people. Same thing happened, I'm sure, I don't want to say that was with Ted Kennedy. I don't know anything about that case. I don't, I don't know what was going on with that, but I've always thought that was really bad that the Kennedy name was able to allow him to continue being a, a senator without any bars on limitations on him being reelected. But I know that we had bought some um, some beautiful wine cellar um uh, racks that were custom made in Brazil, and they were made by um, the guy that owns the um, oh, what's the AC company? Oh, I can't believe 
uh, name AC companies. I can't believe I've forgotten his name. It wasn't I, I don't know any carrier. Local. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but but he was uh, from a very wealthy family in Houston. Uh, he uh, was uh, had a polo. Uh, team in Florida, yeah, and he uh, ended up go going into business with uh, another gal that opened a restaurant in the Galleria, and they had these these wine cellar uh, piece of furniture made in Brazil for like an they were beautiful, and he went back over to Florida, and um, I want to say it's Carrier, but I know it's not Carrier. Uh, I actually wrote him in prison a couple of times because I need information on these wine cellar deals. But he uh, uh, ran into a, 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 I think it was a 21-year-old, 18-year-old kid, um, just driving along. He was drinking. He was drinking after a polo party or something. And he was convicted in Florida, uh, sentenced to 16 years in prison for intoxication manslaughter, had no record whatsoever. And uh, he tried... With all of his might to get this thing overturned, and he got it overturned. I believe it was with a writ. We're going to talk about. He got it. If we get to that part. Yes, yes. Well, he got it overturned, and then he had another trial, and he was found guilty again. He's back in prison, but he's operating his empire from prison. Yeah, well, and, um, that's he, good if he can do that. He adopted his girlfriend so that he could hide uh, the money away from all the money that the victim got for the wrongful death, but that didn't work either, so it was just kind of a mess. But the bottom line was he didn't want, he didn't mean to be driving intoxicated and his, he paid dearly for it, and that's why you're not allowed to drink, drive, have drugs or anything because people are harmed by that. Now, right. um, the privilege of a writ of habeas corpus shall not be suspended unless... <laughs> Unless, when in cases of rebellion or invasion, the public safety may require it. And you were talking about that earlier in the show. Uh, it's in the Constitution. The federal Constitution provides for it, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 2. Um, as explained in the manual for the U.S. Attorney General's Office, a federal petition for writ of habeas corpus can be filed either because the prisoner argues that there has been an error in sentencing or the defendant argues that the conditions of incarceration are unjust and unlawful. We get those all the time. These prisoners right. file writ of habeas corpus because they say it's unjust that that I'm not getting the kind of food I want in prison. Those are always denied. They're just a waste of time. They really do an injustice to people that really need a writ for improper imprisonment, right? Right. Um, federal writs of habeas corpus could deal with either state or federal incarcerations. Federal judges can review what has happened in federal arrests and federal proceedings as well as in state arrests and in state prosecutions, okay? Um Section 12 the, uh, of the Constitution reads that the writ of habeas corpus is a writ of right and shall never be suspended. The legislature shall enact the laws to render the remedy speedy remedy speedy and effectual. Well, um, there's a pretrial freedom, writ of habeas corpus before conviction. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. But, the, but what we were talking about in our last show is that they've made these federal writs nearly impossible to get. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They've made it so that all the loopholes jump through to get it uh, kind of written off. Now, you can get a state writ, too. and You get kind of two bites at the apple. You can do a state writ and a federal writ. And the, the grounds are basically the same, but they're so hard to get. But if it was, if, if we went over, we're going to go over it a little bit today. How much time do we have left with our show? Ten minutes, good. We're going to go over the grounds again and the, the viability of you being able to get a writ because they're hard to get, but not impossible, all right? And um, if you get the writ again, it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card because it just sends you back to court right? to determine. And the, the Innocence Project, is that's what they do. They get writs when DNA, DNA shows that somebody, the DNA does not show that they're the person that committed the crime. Mm -hmm. And there, uh, I was reading a case last week where... 
um, the there was a writ, and it was the writ was granted by the state court. Uh, there was a, a guy that his uh, I think his stepdaughter had accused him of raping her at a family function, and she went to uh, they went to court, and he was convicted, and he he did a writ because he said I've got proof. My attorney was bad. I have proof that I wasn't even there where she said I was at. You know, there, there was no way I could have done this. Oh, my goodness. It, it ends up that he filed that proof to show by his telephone records and all these records showing he couldn't even have been there. This kid was a liar. It ends up that she filed an affidavit. He got the writ. She filed an affidavit to exonerate him that said, hey, um, I forgot to tell y'all that my my uh, my stepfather was has been raping me for years. You know, and she was 18 now. Um However, when they they got a new trial, they went to oh he got he got kicked back because the Supreme Court said we still don't believe that he's that the writ should be uh, approved. So we're going to kick it back to state court to look at the real uh, the grounds for a writ because the state judge determined that this kid with the girl was a liar, but the Supreme Court said no we don't think that you're, there's enough here because they don't like to grant writs they like to go with whatever the trial court did. Right. They got kicked back. And they did this whole full-blown writ um, hearing. And the, the girl goes to trial, and she testifies that, um, well, uh, because she wanted to save face, because she's still just a little brat, she basically was having an affair with her stepfather because she thought it was fun. The she, one that allegedly raped her? The, the girl that claimed that her father raped oh, her. Oh, it was her father. Only did it because of a custody battle. She And the mom was, like, claiming that the dad was really bad and he can't see her anymore. And she failed to note that the reason that her medical examination showed that she, you know, was having sex and all this stuff and she may have been pregnant was because she was having sex with her stepfather, her mother's new husband. Oh, gosh. But that was really because he was a much younger man, very close to the girl's age, and um, and and she was, uh, she just was like a Lolita, basically. Right. So she goes to court and she's still mad at her dad because her dad's a disciplinarian. And she says, well, I didn't tell you about the... I didn't lie. I didn't tell you about the affair that I was having with my my uh, my stepfather. But I'm not going to recant that my father didn't also rape me at that, you know, that party. at the party, which he had proof that he didn't. And so the judge again said, "No, I'm going to send this back because I, I believe that the writ should be granted because basically he didn't believe this this gal." Mm-hmm. It went to Supreme Court again, and the the state Supreme Court said, "We're not." going to grant this. We're not going to reverse it because she didn't recant the facts and the original the original jury determined that he was guilty without all the facts. So it's hard. Tony, that's, that's terrible. That's injustice and the guy is still in prison. And the guy had a bad attorney who didn't even present the evidence right. that would right. have exonerated him. So it's him. very, very important, and we can't emphasize this enough, that when you get your bite at the apple, you better, if you don't think your your attorney is doing you justice, that all of your 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 evidence has not come before the court, you need to ask for a continuance and ask for a new, um, a, a new attorney to represent you, right. and, and tell the judge. I've seen it before. Uh, it's not they don't judges don't always go with the defendant. But if you go before the judge and you stand your ground, don't do buckle and say my attorney is not representing me properly. There is other evidence that needs to be presented. Um, I am due per the Constitution a fair trial, and I'm not getting it. If you give the judge this, the judges are people too, and they're really pretty fair. Well, and at least that'll be on the record yeah. so that if later you want to file a writ of habeas corpus and say I wasn't represented properly, you made an objection at the time yes, too. Yes, you have to do that. And I have these people that come to me later saying, my, but I really liked my attorney. And right. like they were working hard. 
No. If you see it's not going well, if you have to stand up and object yourself right there in court over the your attorney, you may get you you may have a contempt or the bailiff may, but you've preserved your own record right. by making a fuss. Right. You have to do that because yeah. a lot of times your attorney's not paying attention. They may have other things going on in their life. Mm-hmm. So protect the record. But this is what happened. But this guy still does have an option to get a federal writ of habeas corpus. Okay. So So he's got to start all over at the federal level. Since the state well, um, denied him twice? Well, after a conviction, defendant usually knows that they have a right to appeal, okay? However, there are other remedies available to them in addition to the right to file an appeal with the reviewing court, which is what usually happens, and they get poured out because they get a public defender, and it's usually you didn't get effective assistance of counsel, and that's never going to fly because if your counsel was even, wasn't asleep, you're, it's, they're going to be effective in the eyes right. of other attorneys that are judging them. Um, one of the remedies is filing a, a petition for writ of habeas corpus with the state appellate court or... The federal appeals court, you have two bites at the apple. In Texas, after conviction, the defendant can seek a writ of habeas corpus that asks for the defendant's freedom. The petition may also seek to change their sentence in some way, including how they are how they be incarcerated. It could be that you're pleading guilty, but you want to be incarcerated. Uh, the, the sentencing was completely wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to use the example of the gal that, that that drowned her five kids because she got a, a, on appeal. She went back and then they found her insane. And right, so and then she could actually get out someday, but she probably won't kill her five kids. Right. But anyway, um, for Dallas and North Texas, the petition for writ of habeas corpus, and including in South Texas, um, after a federal conviction may be filed with the local federal court or the United States Court of Appeals in the Fifth Circuit. The federal appeals court is located in the. Uh, in New Orleans, which I've been there and love it. It's really almost like going to Washington, D.C. It's kind of exciting to do, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of scary. Seeking relief from petition for a writ of habeas corpus. Courts are not known for granting writs of habeas corpus. It is like like hardly at all, but you've got to try. Don't ever give up. A lot of prayer. Prayer and facts. I tell it to all my clients. That may be the only thing that saves you. Prayer and the facts. All right. right? right. Even if the writ is granted, it does not necessarily mean the court will will free you or otherwise order relief for the for you as an incarcerated prisoner, because um, you have to go back and you have to fight it, and that's what we were talking about in this last uh, sec- last part of the segment. Now, um, the habeas corpus. If you want to find out what your rights are, just kind of uh, look at our loved one who's been improperly convicted, or right. their sentence was bad. You want to look at Chapter 11, uh, the Code of Criminal Procedure, Chapter 11. It's the habeas corpus section. It's very easy to read. It lets you. It gives, it's almost like a little how to, all right? The first one is what the writ is. It tells you about what the writ is. We've already gone over that. It's a remedy to be used when a person is restrained against his liberty. It is an order issued by the court or a judge of competent jurisdiction directed to anyone having a person in his custody or under his restraint, commanding him to produce that person at the time and place named in the writ and show why, he, if he is held in custody or under restraint, it is wrong. It applies also to child custody cases, so it's not just um, incarceration in in uh, it's not just an, an incarceration for criminal procedures, but it is under this code, okay? Right. Um, to whom is it directed? The writ, in, the writ is named that is directed to the state of Texas. This is only for a state writ. It's going to be directed to the federal government. If it's a federal writ, it's a different code in the, U, uh, in the U.S. Um, uh, uh, code of procedures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so um, it is addressed to that person. It describes as near as can be the name of the office if any, of the person to whom it must be directed. And I'm just li- literally reading the code. It's this simple to read. Um, uh, one of form. The writ of habeas corpus is not invalid, nor shall it be disobeyed, 
for what a farm. It's the way it should always be in all of in right. all of our state regulations. Mm-hmm. You should not be poured out because you didn't follow something right because of a procedure. Right. If it's wrong, they need to tell you what to do so you can correct it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if it is substantially appears that it is issued by a competent authority, the writ sufficiently shows um, th- th- and the writ sufficiently shows the objects of its issuance and it should be reviewed properly. If it's wrong, like in Harris County, they'll kick it back to you. The clerk will email you and let you know, you need to file it in this form. We prefer this form. Because remember, you're pl- you're, you're trying to appease the, per- the, the gatekeeper to get it in the door. Right. They usually will pour you out and say, no, but don't give up there because people are wrong. Remember, they're all a part of the same group. As mm-hmm. nice as they are, they have the same employer. And mm-hmm. it's usually the county, the state, or whatever. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Every provision relating to the writ of the habeas corpus shall be favorably construed in order to give effect to the remedy and protect the right of the, per- the person seeking remedy. They say that, but that's usually not true. You've really got to fight for it and find the case law to keep fighting your case. Mm-hmm. By whom the writ may be granted, the Court of Criminal Appeals, the District Courts, the County Courts, or any judge of the said courts have the power to issue a writ of habeas corpus. So it's not just one entity. It's whatever you go to the court that you believe has jurisdiction. It's usually the court that that convicted you right. or the court that you're dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, the procedure after the conviction without a death penalty, The art, um, Article 11.07 is your critical procedure. Read that thoroughly. This article establishes the procedure for an application for the writ of habeas corpus in which the appellant seeks relief from a felony judgment imposing a penalty other than death. Um, and so uh, I know we only have like two minutes, but you can read through it. But the bottom line is um, you're going to fill out this writ. There, You can look at how other writs have been completed. You want to look at a writ that has been successful. We talked about a writ that was successful in federal court uh, in our last show, although it didn't work out in ultimately because in that particular case, and that was Harrington versus Richter, in that case, the uh, the... Supreme Court still poured them out, but that doesn't mean that it won't be, it, your case won't be successful, particularly if it was, there was no evidence supporting um, your conviction or that your punishment was completely improper. Right. So I think what we were trying to say in our show is don't give up. Right. Just like you said earlier in the show, you have lots of options. Um, if at first you don't succeed, keep trying your writ because if more evidence becomes available, then you can still open it up again. They do it all the time. You see it on on all these crime shows. Right. That somebody else has come forward and said, I was the one. I've got the smoking gun. I killed them. Keep going. There's always going to be a way to get around it to preserve your your rights and your liberty. Right. Okay, guys. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We want to remind you to always serve God by serving others. Okay. We'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about this show, to be a guest or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.